0: You and me together Together Constant companions forever Forever Talking about things like weather Or not Oh not Take some time out of your week Your week Listen and then you will see Oh, you'll see How much you enjoy our show Constant Companion
1: Welcome everybody, welcome to Constant Companion Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Connor Orr. We also have Dallas with us here today.
2: Good morning.
1: And for those of you who don't know, this is my sister Morgan. What's up? Uh, She... You can find her on Tumblr. Yes, you
3: <laughs> I can. I won't specify
1: where, but those of you who are watching this from her Tumblr, I'm sure you already know her pretty well. Um, today, we actually have a very special guest with us, and I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Is that my turn to come in? It's your turn, dude. You got it. Take it away.
4: Okay. Okay. Uh, hello. I am. Sh- I didn't read this. Sean, shit, Ch- Chaplick. Yeah, I'm Sean Chiplock also known online, on Twitter, on Tumblr, uh, on Craigslist as Sonic Mega. I am a professional voiceover artist, or at least I like to pretend that I'm one. You may have heard me online doing fan skits such as uh, uh, many Undertale fan doves, such as uh, Mm -hmm. He-Man Papyrus, uh, Papyrus Makes a Mixtape. I've heard that one. Yes, I I know, Uh, or I figured. It's been quite popular. I'm um, doing fan recordings as Asriel from Undertale. And then most recently, a lot of people may know me as the voices of Rivali, Teba, and the Deku Tree in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So um, I like long walks on the beach, uh, chocolate chip cookies that have been heated to be soft, but not too soft that they fall apart when you're holding them in your hand, mm-hmm. uh, and dungeon crawlers. Yes, those wow. are my top
1: three. Nice. Very specific. I like it. I, I think we have to um, make mention to uh, my sister's history. Oh, now right. that you brought up Undertale.
3: That you do Undertale <laughs> stuff.
1: So my sister actually had uh, something she did that went viral <laughs> in the Undertale fandom. All right.
3: There. So I work at Starbucks back home, and those uh, those shifts uh, can be really you know kind of slugging through. Really bored dealing with you know uh middle-aged white ladies you know gets a gets kind of boring so i'm there super into undertale and i have this song from steven universe stuck in my head i don't even really watch steven universe that much but i have this song stuck in my head and i started i'm obsessed with undertale at this point so i started in my head just writing a parody of um stronger than you from <laughs> steven universe and i wrote this whole parody um with sans and like the <coughs> final, final sands battle in undertale and right. i got bored and i drew a comic of it and just kind of posted it on my tumblr and i'm like hey i drew this if anyone feels like singing it go ahead and like tag me in it or whatever thinking nothing of it well <laughs> <laughs> It just skyrocketed, and so one of my, he's my friend now. He wasn't at the time. He's a, he does a voice acting on, a, kind of independently, did a cover okay. of it, and it has like millions of views on YouTube now. There are parodies <laughs> of my parody. There are oh animations made of the song. We keep seeing videos of like people at cons.
1: We'll like, like check in on it like every couple months just to see how much it's exploded even further. And we've seen people geez. do like live reenactments of it. Of it. Yeah, on and stage.
4: It's just and like, Oh, I mean, insane. you're combining you are combining two massively popular That was franchises. something I know. I
3: I kind of realized after a while. I like, ended up getting like
4: there are sleeper hits like Dongan Rampa. like mm-hmm. no one expected that Dongan Rampa was gonna be as popular in the West as it turned out to be. And then there's just when you decide to take the biggest animation fandom and the current biggest indie game fandom and smash like you set it up for yourself. like I you have I really it was like the perfect
3: fight. storm, and I was like the <gasps> first one that had done it. so it kind of rode that wave. and it just kind of then I got a whole ton of hate because apparently the video that my friend had made of my song had gotten more hits than the original steven universe song so then i had you. all the steven universe fans coming to me saying that i ruined everything and now everyone's gonna think the song everyone hates Undertale her now, so she's the
1: most hated person
0: bandwagon <laughs> yeah that's,
1: that's
3: what i've been called and i'm like all right cool well see
2: ya <laughs> see ya
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my gosh So see
4: see you should have you should have fueled the fire by telling them I'm sorry I just figured maybe I could give Steven Universe something worth remembering. Yeah, (laughs) that
3: would have been really totally appropriate too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just stoke the flames, dude. Yeah, thought yeah, kind of share some Undertale fan stuff there.
1: So she's pretty much like the most hated person in the Steven Universe fandom. (laughs)
3: It's funny. I found some like old friends of mine even that like had stopped following me And I like checked their blogs and they were complaining about it not really realizing I was the one that like (laughs) Wrote it and then I sent them a messenger like oh, I'm so sorry
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was was just you know putting on a facade Mm -hmm.
3: It's 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 pretty great,
1: but not to take away obviously from your your um, experience as well because I have been a fan of course of, I played through Breath of the Wild and I just played through Persona 5. Um, well, I didn't finish it. I got about halfway through or so and I was really disappointed to leave it. But when I was looking into your credits and found out that you actually voiced uh, Mishima and uh, that's gotta I be one of my favorite characters. I totally do
4: his voice right now, but this fever is not having any of it. Like I can try and go super young, but I get like this gravel in my throat. It sounds like I've been smoking cigarettes. Yeah, dude. No, it's probably one of my
1: favorite characters. I was explaining the whole thing to Morgan and Lauren last night because I hadn't played through it. And so as we looked through yours then we found out you'd done a voice in Rapa.
3: You did my favorite character in Rapa, So I'm really excited about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because voice acting for us has always been something that we've been really interested in. Um, I used to have this game, well, I think everybody kind of does this when they watch TV, if they're into voice acting, where you listen to a character and it's almost synonymous with the voice actor, you know, SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. And so I would have this game I would play where I would just have to, like, listen to every cartoon listen and wait for Tom Kenny's voice to come on, because it's inevitable he comes on eventually.
4: I mean, you know, I think he's Scaramouche in the new Samurai Jack series, right? That that Bebop and Robot or whatever I think, it is. yeah, I think
1: he is. Yeah. He is. So... And it's just one of those things where it kind of grabs me by surprise how many times voice actors are cast for different roles and how diverse their voice is. Um, And so voice acting was always something that I was always somewhat interested in throughout the years, so I would always do my crappy impressions. We still do our crappy impressions. They're never going to be TV I love, quality. I love
3: Connor's voices.
1: But they're something that I think is just we do for fun. I think a lot of kids grow up that way, where they will play a game, they'll RP a character or something. And I guess my question is, how did you really start getting into voice acting
4: yourself?
2: <coughs> oh, my goodness.
4: Excuse me while I die. Um, so- It turned out that even before I realized voiceover was a thing, I was already kind of doing it. Because as you may imagine, as a 90s kid, like literally born in 1990, we grew up, the prime childhood age was right around when the Nintendo 64 was really big. Mm. So we were in an era where lots of games had text, but they didn't really have voices outside of like sound effects. And because my younger brother and I would often play games together, We would just kind of make a habit out of applying voices to these characters. It was just fun for us to do. The main one that I always refer to is a game called Bomberman 64, the second attack. Because um, in that game, Bomberman gets a little companion named Pommy. He's this little, he's this little, I'm going to find an image of Pommy. Because he's freaking adorable. And I can't talk about him without giving you some sort of. No, I am, I am, I am, I am. Yeah, so there, that is Pommy. He is adorable. Um, And so because Pommy is the first person in the game who speaks and my younger brother would always, always play as Pommy while I would play as Bomberman, I had him just do a voice for Pommy. And so, because I also wanted to take part, you know, we would take turns applying voices for all the different boss characters. Because after each completed stage, they would hold like a little meeting where they, you know, do their general ah, Mega Man or Bomberman is so strong. He's beating our forces. You go take care of him next, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't fail me this time. Um, and so we'd take turns with that. And then I think with my best friend, uh, uh, John, uh, when we would play Legend of Mana or uh, Final Fantasy XII. Uh, during any scenes that, or when you talk to characters that weren't part of voice cutscenes, we'd also do voices. So even back at the beginning, before I knew what voiceover was, I was kind of already engaged with it. Mm -hmm. Um, When I really discovered it was purely by chance, because... It was a cold December evening. I was putting off going to sleep by playing Neopets for like six hours oh, straight. Man, I
3: love Neopets. <laughs>
4: no, I'm like, this was this was like at like 3.30 in the morning because the servers had just reset for the day. You know, all the games had reset. So you oh, get, yeah, Neopets, get Neopets again,
3: points,
4: man. Um, do so my dailies. And Adult Swim around that time was like advertising their stupid website like 12 times an hour. It was really obnoxious. No, I remember and that. So, so, and it was, you remember the commercials? Like that weird guy was just like, oh, I better go check out the website.
0: Oh, I hope nothing bad happens to me.
4: Go check out adultswim.com. Help them out today. It was like really weird stuff. So I decided to just, you know, bite the bullet and check out the website and be like, fine, adult swim. You win. Let's see if your website's worth anything. Uh, you know, tried some games. And then I ended up clicking on. Uh, you remember those old, like, MTV behind the scenes or behind the music videos where it would play, like, a music video and then, like, little speech bubbles with factoids? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, like the top top yeah. Right, right, right. So it was one of those, but he was using, like, a, a recording. It was a clip of Trinity Blood that was going to come out, like, episode 22 or something like that. And one of the little blurbs took you to, like, a behind the scenes of, like, the recording process. It was Troy Baker in the studio recording for yeah. Able Night Road. And so when I clicked on it and I, I watched it, it was him recording a couple of lines as Abel Knight wrote. So all of a sudden, I'm watching this person. It's a split screen. It's him on the left in the in the booth, and the the screen that we're looking at the anime scene itself on the right. And I'm watching this guy talk. They're not doing any special effects to his voice. It's just Troy Baker performing as his role on the left. And at the same time that he's talking, this dude on the right is opening his his lip flaps. I'm like. The guy is. It's the same thing! (laughs) So. And that's when it clicked for me that, like, people could stand. And, of course, like, the director, like, after the reads would give him like, okay, let's try a little bit angrier. You got a little bit more time with that. So, so he doesn't get it right on the first try, but he is working towards like delivering this line as the character, like sounding demonic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like nowadays, I have a more professional outlook where it's like, man, I get to go on all these adventures and like do these things that would make me crazy if I tried to do them in real life. And I get to connect with fan bases. But back then it was, I can be loud and obnoxious and people will pay me? Holy <laughs> shit.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my god, so something I need much. to do.
4: And it was it was important because prior to that I was good at a couple different things in high school. Like, I did well with mathematics up until pre-calc. I was okay with science, but it didn't really interest me. I was really good at doing literary analysis, but, like, sitting in front of an empty Word document waiting to type out, you know, what I thought the red ribbon symbolized from Chapter 3, it was really boring to me. And there wasn't really anything that applied to, like, game design or video games that I could think of. So this was the first time that something in life just really... Caught my eye and that I was genuinely interested in, and so I latched onto it. I was like, okay, whatever this is, I want to get involved with it. I want to, I want to figure out more about it, and I just kind of clung to it. It was, it was something that spoke out to me, and I wanted to give a genuine effort to it. So, since I was already giving a ten-minute answer to a 10-second question, that's how I got started in voiceover. No, software. that's awesome. That was, like, that's- that was, that was January of two thousand seven. So it was, it's kind of ironic because my Breath of the Wild role came out or was finalized literally about 10 years after I started voiceover from the very, very beginning.
2: That's crazy. That's way cool. So what, what, was, your, what was your first project you, you worked on?
4: The very first project I worked on? Do you mean like paid or just in general? Uh, just in general. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna have to see if I can find this. Hold on. Okay.
1: <laughs> While you're searching okay. for that, I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Voice acting controversy. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. Okay. Um, so back when Destiny came out, we know that um, whatever the little robot was named, I don't care enough about Destiny to know. The robot was voiced by Peter Dinklage. Then eventually oh, yeah. was replaced by Nolan North. Where did you stand like- on the Dinklebot controversy?
4: Okay. I don't. I feel like we sidetracked, so I'll answer this, but then we'll go back to the original question. Yeah. Yeah. The issue was not, I don't think the issue was with the actor that was chosen or the fact that it was a celebrity actor. The issue was that the delivery that Dinklage gave to some of the lines sounded off. Like, I would have to go back and find the video to give like specific examples, but there were times where it just sounded stilted in like this really awkward it way. It was, it was weird. Anyhow, that was it. That's all I wanted to know. It wasn't the person, it was the performance. And I think that if if Dinklage had been given proper direction, he may have been... We've already heard Dinklage give amazing performance in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. so the dude is definitely capable of it. It was just probably a case where maybe he didn't have the best direction, and by the time like the recording studio got it, they were like, oh, it's going to cost way too much to rehire him again. We're going to just get Nolan North instead and got him to do it, because Nolan North does fucking everything. Mm-hmm. But anyway... So I don't know if this was the literal first project that I ever, ever auditioned or was cast for. But a long time ago, the reason why I ended up I, – I feel like I got as far as I did in voiceover is because of my mentor, Devin Mack, who, who when he found – because, like, I was really – I was naive, but really well-spirited when I started out in voiceover. Like, I was posting on Newgrounds going, Guys, I found my life's calling. Before I die, I want to voice it in an anime. That was it. That was my life goal, was I want to voice in in anime. Guess it's time, Once time I to die, that,
1: then. It's time to die. Like,
4: I'm, like, overdue by, like, five years at this point. So, but, you know, people in Newgrounds were like, you know, have fun, never being respected for your job, and, and whatever for that. <laughs> but... But my mentor saw Say how people enthusiastic on I was. Yeah. Yeah, my mentor saw how enthusiastic I was and decided to like he actually took me under his wing as his first protege as like someone that he was going to direct. I know it was like amazing timing. Mm-hmm. But um so, so part of that was introducing me to a forum called the Voice Acting Club, which actually just renovated itself. Like, it, it, it completely renovated itself, brand new phase. They're hiring for moderators at this point. They're rejuvenating themselves, trying to be, like, the go-to place for, for amateur and sometimes professional voice acting. So for those of you who may want to be aspiring voice actors, because I'm going to mention this later, you should connect with your peers and start getting involved with projects. Go to voiceacting.proboards.com and just get yourself immersed. Ah.
3: Plugging <laughs> oh, sweet but, it is.
4: Yes. So, on the voice acting forums, there was a project called Xenorealms. And Xenorealms was this massive, like, uh, you know Project Cross Zone, the video game? No idea. I do not. Okay. Know. okay. Project Cross Zone was this two part game that just combined like all of Capcom's different entities like like God Eater and Mega mm-hmm. Man and, and Resident Evil, like all of them into this video game. Xeno Realms was like a flash animation version of that. And I sent you a link to like the original 2D trailer for it. And it was one of the first roles I tried out for. I tried out for the Mega Man role and I got it. And my Whoa. mentor was, I know I was so psyched. And my mentor was helping me Uh, uh, learn to perform. Like because of how stringent he was, I kind of force fed learned in three months what may have taken a lot of people like three years to really grasp. So I'm thankful to him for really crash coursing me uh, on that. Um, But that project never came to fruition because the person creating it went through what I call uh, 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 consistent artist improvement where they would like work on part of it and then they'd get better and they'd be like oh well i could way improve this at this point point." and they go back and redo everything into their new style and then they got better and then again they're like oh i can make it even better now and then by the time they had any like semblance of a finished product xeno Realms had turned entirely 3d and it didn't look like what it looked like in that trailer and like Yeah, that's really bizarre. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it probably
1: happens more times than we know because it's the kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff that, yeah, like they're,
4: they're never satisfied with it. I just really liked how it looked when it was 2d and I wish it had been finished. So that was the, even if that wasn't the first project I recorded for that was the first project that really, you know, brought voiceover to life for me where I was like excited about the project, excited about the character, mm-hmm. eager to bring them to life. And really like, I was so dedicated to wanting to give the best performance. Like when my mentor told me, you know, like he was trying to describe how to like do a good impact voice, like, like, uh, uh, uh how did like i've been thrown by a by a boss character and he was like he wanted me to give a good performance as though i'd been hurled into the pavement and he's like i want you to like act like you hit your desk and i literally hit my desk while recording and he's like without actually hitting the desk (laughs) so
3: so call it method acting
4: yes (laughs) yep very true yep and that's Um, why in order in order to get into my role for Ravali I followed people around the studio and just insulted them every time they tried to do something. Wow. It sounds I'll, like you
1: were pretty well respected. Be good at it. <laughs> That's I mean I think that is part of it though. I mean really getting into the character even if it is some people might look as certain roles as not something that you really have to invest time in. Um but to really make them individualistic, especially as a voice actor and wanting to show the variety of characters you can do, I feel that that would be um, strenuous, difficult in all sorts of different ways. Um, So with that said, there are some voice actors out there who are capable of doing a really diverse range of, of voices. Are there any specific voice actors in the industry that you look up to?
4: Um, I'm not the most well versed Mm -hmm. among my peers when it comes to naming specific voice actors. I'm always the kind of person that enjoys performances more than voice actors Mm -hmm. specifically. Um, For example, I'll I'll get into like specific voice actors, but like, uh, have any of you heard of a game series called Jade Cocoon? no not familiar oh my god i feel so (laughs) old right now okay so there's this game called jade cocoon 2 and i'm hoping there's a let's play or something on youtube at this point it's a pretty old game for ps2 but jade cocoon 2 had like what i like to call saturday morning voices like saturday morning cartoon voices they definitely they definitely sound caricatured as compared to like games that have more realistic voiceover but it Fits so well for the atmosphere that I fell in love with it. It, it fits the atmosphere so well. Um, other examples, uh, getting into specific voice actors. You know, when I was starting out, I used to say if I could have uh, Kari Walgren's range and Liam O'Brien's intensity. So, like Kari Walgren, the voice of of Rain Sage in Tales of Symphonia, um, of Saya in Blood Plus. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Haruko in uh, Fully Cooley. And then, like, if I could have the intensity of characters that Liam O'Brien has played, such as uh, Dis the Rose in *Tales of the Abyss*, that it I would never have a hard time looking for work, just because I've had I've had such a good vocal range to work off. Mm-hmm. But the real secret to voiceover is a lot of the people who work very, very, very consistently don't necessarily have a super wide range. They have just perfected adjusting their normal voice and or working what they're really good at. So for example, you think of people like Todd Habercorn. When you hear a Todd Habercorn role, you know it's Todd Habercorn. You hear when you hear, food food Pat- food. when you hear a Patrick when you hear a Patrick Sites role, you damn well know it's Patrick Sites. It is it is unmistakable when Patrick Sites voices a role. But you still hear them often because they have just done very, very well in nailing that character archetype. And indeed, like a lot of people who get consistent work aren't doing crazy voices. They're just taking their normal voice and adjusting a small facet of it. Or they take a voice that they've done previously and they adjust that voice to make it into something different. Perfect example in both cases, My um, Nishima. It's just me getting like really hype, and you know, talking mm-hmm. younger when I'm excited about something. Because you've already noticed, like, I have a difference between when I'm excited and when I'm just, you know, kind of relaxed and just kind of chilling. You, there's already more of that baritone there. Um, and for an example, uh, I've mentioned before the voice of Teba in uh, Breath of the Wild he's actually i can i can't do it cuz of the fever but uh, if anyone has ever heard my performance as sheen from bedfellows sheen is a very gravelly like angry lower tone character i just took out the anger and the aggression from the voice and instead put a little bit of like bitterness and reservation in it and that was Teba. they still ha- they have the same bass gravel the same bass baritone but it's just a change in their personality that differs the voice so yeah. So
1: it really comes down to just knowing your voice specifically. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think almost more than anything, it's just fitting a character. Because sometimes you forget that it's the same, like you'll hear a lot of the same voices on TV, and you tend to forget that it's actually like the same exact voice of another character or slightly mm-hmm. altered. Right. Um, like who's the girl who does uh, <coughs> What's Her Face from Rugrats? The, the Oh, Cree Summers. Yeah, her voices are always, always seem to be pretty similar to one character the next, number five, yeah. Susie. Yeah, she, just oh. And then she did. Oh, I know who um, you're talking about. She did, what was that
4: one character that like throws completely penny off? penny from is it, Inspector isn't Gadget. Isn't she one of the voices in that new uh, Tom and Jerry Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Oh, I Factory? guarantee she you is. Know, probably. <laughs> I, if <laughs> you watch the trailer that's been going around Facebook, I'm pretty sure that's who you're talking about. Um, yeah, I'm pretty side, sure it is. Side,
3: side note. Side note. You mentioned uh Todd Habercorn. If you ever meet him, tell him I said hey. He did my uh, uh I actually, Pokemon pa- character.
4: I actually crossed paths with him the other week in the studio. I went to Bang Zoom for a recording session and as I'm exiting the green room and saying hi to one of the directors, Todd Habercorn brushes by me. He oh, he touched my shoulder
2: oh, and went to I'm ask so him a question. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, he does he does my Pokemon my Pokemon boyfriend, so Who's say, your Pokemon
2: hey. boyfriend? <laughs> right. it's it's such an it. character. Admit it. You already admit admitted it. the Undertale thing. It's I did admit
3: like... the Undertale. Well, if anyone follows my Tumblr, they know because my Tumblr <laughs> is gym leader Charon. So he's like from <laughs> Pokemon Black and White. <laughs> he, did it, he did one episode of the anime. The ca- oh his character God. was in. I remember Dallas, I was all excited your... to see that character. And then that voice came on. I was like, oh, that's the perfect voice for him. And then I like looked him up. I was like, Todd Haragorn. I, I like that guy.
1: Dallas, <laughs> I think if I remember right, your animated girlfriend was, we talked about this at one point. Didn't you
3: say it was, um, oh, Reggie Rocket? Reggie Rocket, <laughs>
1: dude.
2: <laughs> when I was like five, yeah? Yeah, dude. Then it, then it turned to, uh, the girl from Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> you mean Sailor Moon? Which
3: girl from Sailor Moon? They're the all blonde girls.
2: girl. The blonde girl. Sailor Moon. The, uh, the yeah, Sailor, Sailor Moon? Yeah, Sabina. that's yeah. what I was saying. You what know, about? That... And <coughs> go,
1: ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. I was gonna ask Sean who his animated girlfriend is. Bryson. What's she from? I don't even know who that is. Pokemon. Oh. Wait, Pokemon. who was it? Bryson. The the
4: the second stage.
3: Oh, prior... the, the fox oh, Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> I kept I kept mine as a Bryson. Actually, I didn't evolve her. I, kept I actually
4: I actually have uh, a, a cosplay suit of Breaks in. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can find... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I decided That's to awesome. see if, like, the whole costuming thing was something that I could enjoy. And so uh, there was a seller or a, the costumer who had renovated it. And he kind of moved on onto other cosplays. So he was selling it off. And it was a pretty decent price for how good it looked. So I just went ahead and, and bought it from him. And I've worn it to a couple Smash events, to a couple anime conventions. And... Yeah, so that's that's, that's, that's a what good. I,
3: if I had to pick a Pokemon girlfriend, that's what I would pick too. He breaks <laughs> him.
2: Dang. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get down and dirty real quick, okay? Yeah. Let's do it, Dallas. This, okay, I just want to know, um, and I'm sure a lot of listeners want to know: Do you have different voices for different situations in your own life? Like, if you're on a date, do you have like a deep, sexy voice, or if you're like... <laughs> Um, working like at work or something. Is that a like question?
4: A... Is that a question for me? Yes. Yes. When I'm getting intimate with my significant other, I like uh-huh. to pretend I'm Donald from Kingdom Hearts. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. You know, she's so just like, "You ready to get down, dirty? <laughs> <laughs> that is. Good. How does she respond to that? Um. Well. She's glad that I've switched to doing it when we're being intimate instead of uh, taking care of her when she's sick. Because when she's sick, or when I used to do it when she was sick, she'd be like, you know, heal me. And I'd just ignore her cause I'm Donald, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I should have seen that joke coming, but somehow I didn't. <laughs> oh
4: gosh. Um, mm. So let me think, uh, more realistic answer. Um, i don't know i don't know if i really changed my my major thing that i do is i make sound effects like like when i'm getting out of a chair i'm like nah. and it'll be like when i'm squeezing through a tight space i'll be like nah. you know i'll just like make weird noises that i'm doing the whole time you know opening the car door that's
3: pretty good do you ever
4: do like old
3: old timey sound effects like the like the springing sound effect, or like the 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 sound of the Flintstones, like feet, like yeah. going across like, the.
4: When you're bowling, do you go?
3: <laughs> um,
4: my favorite one is just. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, that's a classic. Yeah, a classic.
2: Can you can you do Donald Trump? We are gonna build a big, nice wall. Okay, the Me- Mexicans are gonna they're gonna pay they are gonna pay for this interview.
4: This is gonna be the the best interview that has ever been hosted.
2: It's a good one. Oh my god, pretty, pretty good. He could do That's it. That's pretty good. Dallas,
4: yeah, do you Obama. Have any Obama? Huh? Um,
2: oh, you said... I said Barack Obama just so we're uh, not. Biased. My mentor can do a much better Barack Obama, but you know. <laughs> okay. So Dallas, <laughs> do you do any voices? Um, not in public, no. <laughs> you when can I'm do like now. <laughs> Uh, no, I um no, I can't. Maybe when we do our our acting segment later on, I'll do a voice for you. Okay, okay. perfect. So that's what we need. Yeah. So, our next question actually um
1: and I know I've seen you talk about this on Tumblr before and it seems like it's pretty intensive. What would you say like your your daily schedule is with your line of work? Excuse
4: me. Oh. Okay, so this is going to be both really, really boring and really, really interesting because yeah, my, my personal life is extremely boring, but my voiceover craft can be extremely demanding. So um, for me personally, an average day will be like, get up, see what emails have come in, do what voiceover jobs I can do, including any new auditions that come in. And then usually I either spend my day, like, watching Let's Plays on YouTube. Like, right now I'm watching a 999 Let's Play, because I'm never going to be able to actually get to the game myself. I love you, it, know, like listen, you know, like, listen to performances, check out Reddit, answer Tumblr asks. And then the rest of my day is usually spent either, like, doing smash Wi-Fi, uh, you know, to prove that my, my e-penis is bigger than everybody else's. Or mm-hmm. um, right now I'm working through, through Mega Man Star Force, so... Oh, no, I didn't start it. But yeah, Mega Man Star Force.
0: Um,
4: (laughs) And outside of that, that's really it. Like, I don't go out of the house very often. I'm just, I'm a foodie. If I'm hungry, I'll go eat. But outside of that, I just kill time. In fact, that's part of the reason why I started up my side job at Disneyland, because I would have a lot of downtime on the weekends. And especially if I wasn't booking a lot of stuff in the near future, I would have lots of day, lots of downtime during the weekdays and then lots of time off on the weekends. And it was boring me to hell and back. So I just like, I know this is probably the first time you're ever going to hear this from a millennial, but I was like, you know, I have too much free time. I need to change that.
0: So (laughs) that's awesome.
4: now I work as a ride operations person at Disneyland and I just got uh signed off as a performer for Turtle Talk over at California Adventure.
1: Man, I so, love turtles,
4: sweet. dude. So, yeah, personal life very very routine. Like I just like spending time with the fiance. I like video games. So if I'm not working, I'm basically doing video games. Um but I like to try and land as much work as possible because I like keeping busy. I like earning money, and 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 earning a lot of money lets me feel like I can splurge on myself. Like I will often have debates where I ask myself, "Do I do I want to spend you know twenty dollars on on this Kirby Team Clash game? Have I earned it?" So I think about that. Um, voiceover though, that can get really 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 intense because for all the days like yesterday where not really anything happened it was just a lazy day Mm -hmm. there have been days where i get up and i'm just recording auditions for nine ten hours like sporadically i'll take breaks but over the course of the entire day i'm just recording constantly for example when i renewed my voice one two three membership recently for another year that same day i got I deleted a lot of them, but I ended up submitting 15 different auditions for different projects. I booked one of them, but 15 that I sent out. And that was just for voice one, two, three. There was a video game audition that I also sent out. There was, and that video game audition had 20 different male characters for me to try out for that I could pick from. And I decided to send a read for every single one of them. So that was one video game audition with 20 male characters, 15 auditions for voice one, two, three, an anime audition. And then uh, I had two jobs from foreign clients. I do a lot of of freelance work for foreign clients in addition to studio work that um, they weren't necessarily due that day. But I wanted to just knock them out while I was already in work mode. Mm -hmm. So there are days sometimes where I finish with my work around 330 in the morning and that's when I go to bed. Um, And sometimes it's as much my own fault for putting stuff off as it is just having to work for a while, because there are also times when I do training programs and the training audio is two hours long. And after I'm done recording two hours worth of audio, I have to sit down and edit it. So... Even if I'm going at like two times speed to just speed through the audio and find the errors, that's still at least an extra hour or two that I'm dedicating to one project. Right. Um, so that's why that's why voiceover is a craft that is not recommended for people who aren't invested in it because none of these auditions are paid. None of them are, and it. Thank God thank God that the industry has reached a point where most of your auditions are expected to be done from home because prior to that you had to drive to the studio to audition and that's gas and distance and car wear and tear on your dime, not theirs. You don't get paid for that. So thank Jesus that, They have started expecting people to record from home, mostly because that also means because studios used to apply the time that they had available day by day to auditions as well as recording projects, which is why their rosters were limited. And like you had to like send your stuff and hope that they had room for you. Nowadays, they can kind of expand their rosters because all of the onus is on us to record. And the, the only time that they have to worry about scheduling time for you is when you've been booked and they're bringing you in. So that's a great thing for talent because now it's more accessible and a lot of people who previously just were good but they didn't have space to be part of the studio roster now can because those opportunities are there. And I've gotten, I've gotten so off track from this question at this point. But yeah, so it's very, very busy. My, my routine, my personal life is very lax because my professional life can be very congested and I'm, I feel like if I tried to have both of them be very active, I would wear myself out. So I don't mind it. Right. No,
1: that totally makes I get, sense.
4: I get plenty of enjoyment from my voiceover career. So I don't mind when I come home or when work is slow and I just spend the day playing video games because, you know, later this week I'm going to be going in for a video game session for a character that I'm really excited for. So I, it's not like work is work to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's what everybody's dream is to be able to go <laughs> into work and to enjoy it and to be something you're familiar with that you're comfortable with doing, but also is something that you genuinely enjoy.
4: Right. Also, I'm just letting you know now. I know we're already coming up in an hour, but we are totally fine to go past that because I do this every time. Like I will let you know if I need to stop for health reasons, but don't worry about a time limit going forward unless it's your personally established time limit. Well, cool. Dallas, do you have any uh, other questions real quick?
2: Yeah, real quick. Um, So you're talking about auditions. Um, Do they like do you send an email to them or do you call them and then they like send you a script to read for you to record or how how does that work?
4: The answer to that question is yes to all those parts, but let me explain. So um, my way of connecting with studios has been that I just focus on doing the best job I can with the people I'm connected with until I get in touch with a new client. And then I kind of try to branch out from there. So, for example... Um, originally the first studio I started working for was BangZoom and BangZoom knew about me because of the AX Idol competition back in 2009 that for the voiceover competition that I won. And so when I moved to California, they were like my first lead, you know? Um, and for a while they were the only people I did work for. So like through them, I would do projects for like Anaplex, um, for, for NIS America. That's how I did Rampa. Um, but then at one point, uh, I did a project called uh, East Memories of Celseta, and that was with a company called Exceed. And nothing really happened from that out of the blue, but then like three years later, one of the localization directors for Exceed, uh Brittany, or at Hatsu on Twitter, was like, yeah, I don't remember when he did work for us on Memories of Celseta. I wonder if he'd be a good fit for this role. And that's how I got to audition for the role of Reed Schwarzer from Trails of Cold Steel. So now I suddenly had you know, I suddenly had an in with XSeed. But this project for Trails of Cold Steel recorded via PCB Productions. So now suddenly PCB Productions knew that I existed. And I asked PCB Productions, hey, you know, I do this professionally. Here's my demos. I'd like to be on your audition roster. Because a, a lot of studios host their own audition rosters, not just the companies that are publishing the game. Um, and so um, at one point, XSeed was doing a job, a collaboration with uh, uh, Atlas for Akiba's Beat. And that's how, and they were recording that through a cup of tea productions. And that's how I got, you see where I'm going with this? Like how I connected from one company to another company. So it was a little spider web with little, little strings, little web strings of attaching to new clients. And each time I would tell them, hey, here are my samples, here are my demos. I would really like if I could stay on your audition roster for future projects. Once I'm on their audition roster, that's pretty much how it goes. Is BangZoom will send me audition sides. Formosa Productions, which recorded for Breath of the Wild, you know, their their uh, recording director, Jamie Mortolaro, will send me audition sides. My agent from SBB Talent will send me audition sides. So it's really, it's a, it's a conglomerate. It's like 10, it's not an exact number, but it's like 10 different sources all sending me their own audition sides that they get. So it's in my best interest to do the best job that I can because the more people that I start working with, the more auditions that I'll know about existing in the first place and the more chances that I'll get to land more roles. Well, that's yeah. interesting. So it's just a lot of networking. Yep. Dope.
1: I guess that's usually what it comes down to. Cause I mean, it's, it's like that a lot in the entertainment <clears throat> industry in general. Like our sister Lauren has been working to do, um, she wants to eventually go into animation. And so she just got lucky enough to have a roommate who had like
3: a, bro- a brother that works at Pixar and, um... So Lauren made friends with our roommate, and then she was like, oh, and showed her all, like, her stuff she did for her entertainment illustration class and all this animation and stuff he did, she did. So uh, this guy's sister went and talked to her brother, and then her brother got in contact with her, and she's all excited now. Yeah, so she's going to be able to take a
1: portfolio to Pixar (laughs) to have him check it out. So that'll be really cool for her. But, yeah, it's, like, the same sort of thing really like I said in the entertainment industry in general it's all about who you know how you build those relations with them when you get the opportunity to um but that's super cool because I think there's a lot of people who have no insight into that sort of thing who really are curious Uh, so I think you just stating the things that seem simple and maybe obvious to you
4: it is a slow slow burn and like for example I'm not gonna spill the specific studio that this happened through because I don't want people to like go contacting them hoping mm-hmm. to get a big role. But the audition that I got for Breath of the Wild came, it 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 started from a director I'd never worked with before, but I was notified of it through a studio that I had known for several years. Cause the, the casting director for that studio reached out and said, hey, Person B is looking for non-union talent for a video game audition. If you're interested, here's the email address to contact. But the person A who notified me of this had nothing to do with the project. Their studio had absolutely nothing to do with Breath of the Wild, but it was through them that I learned about this audition in the first place. So you don't know where that next opportunity is going to come from. So you shouldn't ever be like, oh yeah, I've moved on from this studio. No, I'm like on to bigger and better things because you don't know if this the first studio you ever worked with is gonna be your lead that leads to the biggest job you've ever had, which was literally the case with me. So yeah, like it's just, it's that, it's that thing. It was a studio I've known for several years was my connection to a client that I've only worked with it within the last six months, and now also get auditions from. So you just gotta keep open-minded and just focus on doing your best job with everyone that you work and every opportunity that you have.
1: Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool when you actually state it that way because everybody has a start from somewhere. Everybody starts small. I don't think I think it's very rare where anybody starts, in, you know, uh, from a big company in any sort of medium, whether it's acting or if it's even writing or directing or whatever it is. So you've always got to start small before you can, you know, build up. Um, so we're actually going to do a segment real quick. Okay. So this is, and this is totally up to you. Um. So, and we talked about this earlier. I don't know if Dallas was here for it. So we are big fans of Tommy Wiseau's The Room, classic film. Um, it's heralded as being one of the worst movies ever made um, with one of the worst screenplays of all time. And so we took an excerpt from this script. It is on the Google Doc. There are three characters that take, there's, it's kind of one scene or two. Um, and there's Denny, Mark, and, and Tommy. Well, um, Tommy. Well, I guess he's his voice actually uh, Johnny. Johnny. I name. take that back.
3: But everyone just sees him as Tommy so No one actually sees him and as so Johnny. And so
1: what we wanted to do was we are going to do these three roles, but we are going to be assigned specific voices to do for each character. Now we talked to Sean before, and I know he has a fever, so it's totally up to him if he wants to be the director or narrator, or if he would like to provide his voice
4: um, to the to the monologue. I normally, I would absolutely say I want to take part in this. And I I hope Mm -hmm. you will trust me when I say this. That being said, I just got a 20 minute training booking, like literally during the course of this interview that came in and the client thankfully said I could put it off till Monday if I needed to. But on Friday, I've got two, three sessions back to back. And I'm starting to get really concerned about like, Hoping this gets better by the end of tomorrow. Okay. So, so for what we're my sake, then, yeah, I'm going
1: to have We're going to do all three of us.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. We
1: are going to pitch our best voices
3: to you. So, should we explain what our voices are? Yes. First?
1: Let's explain. So, Dallas, I don't know if you have a character you can do. I,
2: I'm. Gonna, I'm going to. I'm going to do like a like a little um, innocent child character. Okay. <laughs> That's perfect. Is that all right? Yes.
1: Now, here's the thing. You have. A choice of three characters you can do. Dallas. There's Johnny, who's the main character of the movie. (coughs) There's Mark, who's one of his best friends, and there's Denny, who's also his friend. But
3: he's like a a high school. He's like a high
1: school kid. He's younger than them, so that might be a good fit for you.
2: (laughs) Whichever one you want me, I'll do Denny then. That sounds good. All right,
3: you Denny, good. Okay, Morgan,
2: who
1: are you going to be?
3: All right, this is the one voice. I've been able to do. It's very obscure. I don't know if you ever uh, watched uh, Nickelodeon back in its heyday. Uh, well, they had this, this <laughs> they had a cartoon called As Told by Ginger.
4: Oh my God, is she cool or is she lame?
3: Exactly. There's a character on that show named, I believe, Macy. Wait, that
4: was Pepper Ann.
3: That might've been Pepper Ann. The, uh,
1: uh, the one that was uh, As Told by Ginger <laughs> is, it had the theme song by Macy By Gray, Macy Gray, that's right. Someone once told me that grass was once greener. On yeah. the other side. That's
3: right. There's a character on that show called Macy. And... She's just a Somehow girl. I discovered I could do the voice as long as I pinch my nose and I could be like...
5: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um,
1: okay, mine is also obscure. Uh, there was an old Foxbox cartoon back in the day. It was that... Anime version of the Kirby cartoon and they had their own character in it. He was the slug dude named S. Cargoon. He was a snail, I take that back. <laughs> and he just kinda has this voice that kinda sounds like this. And um, so <laughs> that Rock is going Pop to be star? Yeah.
3: Kind of exactly like He that. sounds exactly
1: we were just joking about this. He, he sounds, sounds like, like guy the guy from, from yeah, the B fifty two. That's
3: exactly what he sounds like. Yeah.
1: It's, it's about 20, come on and take oh your joke box money. money. Yeah, exactly. Um, up so Morgan, like. do you want to do the role <laughs> of Mark?
3: I will do Mark as Macy.
1: Okay. <laughs> There's no
3: females in this.
1: So let me <laughs> extend all right. this real quick. And we are going to have, If would you mind being the director? You just have to read this, the movie directions.
4: Okay, yeah, I can do that.
1: Okay, so let's see. I'm going to try to keep up with this. All right, so we're gonna it's, start out. So uh, just for direction, it starts you, out, sorry, go ahead. Oh,
4: I should ask, do you, do you want, I know it says Morgan, do you want a typical movie announcer, voice for this? Or would you like me to do Morgan Freeman as your director? Oh, Morgan God. Freeman, like for a, sure. Morgan like a Twinkie.
3: Freeman, absolutely.
4: All right, I am so pleased to be here with all of you today, like a Twinkie, like a Twinkie. So we're gonna get started.
1: So just for context, John is a- or Johnny is angry. He is exiting um, a room onto the roof. Okay.
2: okay. <clears throat> so and here we same.
1: go from the top. I did not hit her. It's not true. I did not hit her. I did not.
4: He throws a water bottle to the floor.
1: Oh, hi, Mark.
4: Mark is holding a football.
1: Hi, Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She says that I hit her. What?
5: Well, did you?
1: No, it's not true. Don't even ask. What's new with you?
5: I'm a small own spit there. <laughs> that seems like a really
1: tough voice to do. Essentially.
5: Well, I'm sitting up here thinking, you know, I got a question for you. Yeah. You think girls like to cheat like guys do?
1: What makes you say that?
5: I don't know, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just thinking.
1: I don't have to worry about that, because Lisa is loyal to me.
5: Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. I used to know a girl, she had a dozen guys. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad, she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street.
1: (laughs) Oh, what a story, Mark.
5: Yeah, you could say that again.
1: I'm so happy I have you as my best friend. And I love Lisa so much.
5: Yeah, man. You're very lucky.
1: Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark.
5: Yeah, yeah, maybe you're, maybe. (coughs) Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. Well,
1: what happened? Remember Betty? That's her name. Betty? Yeah.
5: Yeah, we don't see each other anymore. You know she wasn't any good in bed. She was beautiful, but we had too many arguments.
1: That's too bad. My Lisa is great when I can get it.
5: What? Oh man, I just can't figure women out. Sometimes they're too smart. Sometimes they're just flat out stupid. Other times so they're just evil.
1: It seems to me like you're the expert, Mark.
5: No. Definitely not an expert, Johnny.
1: What's bothering you, Mark?
5: Nothing, man.
1: Do you have some secrets? Why don't you tell me?
5: Forget it. Forget it, dude. Is there some secret? Tell me. No. Forget it. I'll talk to you
4: later. Mark hands the football to Johnny and exits. Well, whatever. Denny enters, passing Mark.
0: Hey, Johnny!
1: (laughs) Oh, hi, Denny.
0: What's wrong, Mark?
1: He's cranky today. (laughs) Girl trouble, I guess. What's new with you?
2: Not much. Still going to the movie tonight?
1: Sure we are. What kind of movie are we going to see? Well, we'll see, Denny. (laughs) Don't plan too much. It may not come out right.
0: All right, let's toss the ball around.
4: Okay. They proceed to play short-distance catch with the football while talking.
0: Gotta
1: tell you about something. Shoot, Denny. It's about Lisa.
2: Go on. She's beautiful. She looks great in a red dress. I think I'm in love with her. Go on. I know she doesn't like me because sometimes she's mean to me. But sometimes, when I'm around her, I feel like I want to kiss her and tell her I love her. I don't know. I'm just confused.
1: Danny, don't worry about that. Lisa loves you too. As a person, as a human being, as a friend. You know, people don't have to say it. They can feel it. What do you mean? You can love someone deep inside your heart, and there is nothing wrong with it! If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live.
0: Lisa's your future wife! Danny, don't
1: worry about it! You are a part of our family, and we love you very much. And we will help you anytime! And Lisa loves you too, as a friend! You are sort of like her son! You mean you're not upset with me? No, because I trust you and I trust Lisa. What about Elizabeth, huh?
2: Well, I love her. Mm Mm-hmm. When I graduate from college, get a job, I want to marry her and have kids with her.
1: That's the idea.
2: You're right. Thanks for paying my tuition. You're very welcome,
1: Denny. And keep in mind, if you have any problems, talk to me, and I will help you. Awesome! Thanks, Johnny. Let's go eat, huh? Come on. Let's go. Let's go. I'm starving.
4: They exit, hopefully by jumping off the top of the building.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and scene. And
4: so, scene. Johnny... You remind me of John Mulaney. Like they, it just reminded me of like when he does his comedy bits. He's like, "Oh, I'm not trying to assault you. I'm just a little boy." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly
3: like Oh, jeez.
4: I'm
1: so glad that you compared me to somebody.
3: <laughs> I love it. Oh, Dallas, that was inspired. Your little boy voice. Yeah, dude, you, you. owe
1: me for paying your tuition, by the way. <laughs> um, I haven't seen any money come from you though, <laughs> so so um, that is our pitch to you, as uh, our own voice act, our own voice actors. Um, so hopefully you can give us some pointers. You can <clears throat> take that and you can pitch it to all your buddies in
4: Hollywood, and they're um, just gonna scrounge us up. Pitch
3: it, pitch it to if, Todd Howard.
4: If four, if four kids were still in business, you guys would be A-list talent. We would! Now. That
3: is, oh my gosh. That just, Maybe
1: we'd get that lucky goes. like the guys from Sonic and actually stick with that franchise for years to come. I hope so. Um hope
4: I Johnny, the enthusiasm really worked for your character. However, it felt like you were talking at uh, Mark instead of talking <laughs> with Mark. I was, was feeling the connection. When, the next time you tackle this scene, I'd like you to do it happier and with your mouth open. Um, that way I really feel like your interest in his personal life will really come across. Uh, Mark, did you take, did you take the Robitussin like I suggested before we did this scene? Well, I tried, Morgan, but... It sounds like you snorted the Robitussin rather than ingesting it through your mouth. Isn't
5: that is that how you're supposed to take it?
4: Uh, my recommendation, you know, a lot of people have, like, vocal warm-ups that they do before they go on scene. For you, I would recommend the next time you warm up, try incorporating a neti pot into your routine.
5: Absolutely.
4: Maybe maybe some Kleenex and a good few exhales. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, Maybe next time, just try not to sound like you're trying to kill yourself through your own phlegm. That would really help your character's personality shine through. Uh, May also prevent your face from looking like you're trying to uh, turn into a beat.
5: That's my natural complexion. How dare you?
4: Well, that's why why voiceover exists. It's because you're heard and not seen. Very true. What about Denny? What do we got for Denny? Well, I didn't have to look at Denny's face, so he's already above both of you in terms of his performance quality. True, um, right. thank you. Denny, the only problem I had with your performance was that you were always smiling throughout your performance. <laughs> Not all of your lines needed to be smiling. It can cause you to sound unrealistic. Like that's a part of the, Part of your performance sounded like you were just trying to sell me something. And that's because you you were always like putting on this facade of just being optimistic when, uh, you know, it worked later on when he was talking about Denny or when he was talking about Lisa and how he thought he was in love with her. But at the parts where he's concerned, he needed to sound concerned and you were just always smiling.
2: So I am so sorry. I'll try to be more sadder and, um, yes, more sad
4: would be, would be great. Okay, oh, I screwed up. If you wanna like method act, maybe break up with your significant other and then approach the scene. Um, okay. But I would say just make sure you're ready because you can, I, can only kind of do that once and if you don't get it on the next take, then uh, you're gonna have to develop a whole new relationship and then break up. And I don't know if we have the production time for that. Outside of that, I think it was really solid. I could feel the connections between your characters. Um, it, was, it was good. For a cold reading, I think it was really solid.
1: Well, boys, it looks
4: like we screwed the pooch. I I would not do that. Pack it up, boys. It's legal in about thirty-five different states, and that will really put a hamper on this production.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. Or it I could would you even something. suggest that, Connor?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that might not be your thing, but moving on. Um, <laughs> so we actually we generally like to end our show with uh, what we call a story time. Now. For those of you who are not familiar with the show or what story time is, it's pretty self explanatory. We always have a topic or theme. In this case, it's about the art of voice acting, what it is. Um, and Morgan has a great story that she would like to share with us from her youth. That's
3: right. All right, story time. Imagine, if you will, um, back in the early 90s when Pokemon first came uh, kind of to America and all the kids were super into it. It was a super worldwide phenomenon. It was on all the SpaghettiOs. It was on all the Pop-Tarts. Um, it was, it was freaking everywhere.
1: Before Pokemon Go.
3: Yeah, way before Pokemon Go. I was in the first grade, and everyone at school super into it we all brought our pokemon cards and then they would get confiscated and get put in the june box that's a box where they put everything you wouldn't get it till june so all our that's what they called it yeah so and but because we couldn't we could no longer bring our toys or our cards or whatever uh we had to come up with our own ways to play pokemon Uh, during recess so what we had was this really ghetto like playground in the background we had this big field out back Uh behind all the equipment And in the middle of the field was just this mysterious manhole cover just there in the middle of the field and there was like some cement around it and all of us all of us all these first graders would kind of march out there in a kind Uh of like two two lines like Madeline two straight lines
1: like
3: me. Yeah, and um, we would march there and we would, its like a ritual, and we would all gather around the manhole cover and we would do where we would have uh, Pokemon battles where we would act them out. We would hold our fake Pokeballs and like throw them. That's what we
4: would do! That's what we would do in our elementary school! We had, like, the jungle gyms, and we would have, like, mock Pokémon battles, and we would, like, enlist our friends to act as the Pokémon as well. See, we—I wish
3: we did that. We just pretended. What I did was—my favorite is Vulpix. Always been my favorite since I was a little kid. So I had this crazy Mary Sue Volpix. She would go out and they would be like, Oh, I used my water gun. I'd be like, Oh, she backflipped over it. Oh, she dodged. Oh, <laughs> uh, she didn't. Two, so I won every two battle. Fun
4: facts about but. that. Funny you mentioned Volpix because when the Jungle series of the Pokemon trading card game came out, like I wasn't aware that something besides the original set had come out. So <laughs> I thought Volpix was a super rare card and I traded away my holographic Machamp for a Volpix.
3: Oh, no. Just Connor tried Vulpix. to. I almost traded a holographic Venusaur for a Kakuna. Yeah, to our neighbor, and I had to run, once I found out, I had to run full pelt across the yard where Connor was there with our neighbor kid. And I had to run in between them and stop the trade-off before
4: it it happened. I also, it's funny you mentioned Mary Sue (laughs) Vulpix as well, because back in college, I also was a moderator uh, and participant in like a Pokemon roleplay IRC chat for a few years. And it was an IRC chat where most of the demographic were, you know, the teenagers who are just kind of like escaping into fantasy for a while. So I'd have to deal with like, the Dragon Ball Z shiny Zangoose. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the Seizor, the Caesar who treated his appearance as though it were like the climax of a Power Rangers episode. So <laughs> he could never be hurt. And he always took the bad guys down in a single hit. Did you ever and-
1: have a Pokemon that would
4: actually kill the other Pokemon? Did we ever kill a? Pokemon? We didn't kill. I don't think we ever killed a poke. <laughs> we can maybe. No. Yes, actually, it was my Pokemon that was killed. Oh no! He was killed, and because and I was convinced, I was set with just letting him die. I was like, that his story is done, his legacy is done. Mm-hmm. So my character died, and the rest of the chat was so adamant about not letting it be permanent that they like threw together this like time warp fuckery involving a zora <laughs> arc and a mewtwo and they literally reset the chat to the three months back that's that awesome that is super sweet. Hold on. that's not even the cool part they rolled it back three months and everybody played it straight so like all of the all Did of the intimate that? relationships that had been formed up and i'm talking like people who had formed like literal intimate relationships uh-huh. then gone off and done their side stuff in private chat all of these relationships that have been built up, they eradicated them and played it straight as if they'd never met them before. Oh. All for a character whose owner had been like, "I'm okay with him being dead, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm done with this story." And they fucking backed it all up.
1: That's awesome, dude. I That's love. like actual godlike
3: power. It's true, without even meaning to. Anyhow, sorry. I didn't anyway, catch you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anyway, so that was one thing we did, but the other thing. We did when we got, when people got mad at me for my Vortex <laughs> and they didn't wanna battle with me anymore. It might have actually been me that came up with it. We started doing something around the uh, amazing manhole cover uh, where two of us would face off like a Pokemon battle and we called it Pokemon alike Contest. <laughs> what we did is all the participants, they, rounded, they gathered around like it was a rap battle
2: <laughs> kind of, and then there were
3: two people, were there ready, and then they would shout suggestions of Pokemon from the sideline. They would be like Zapdos, and then both of us would be like, would make Zapdos noises to the best of our abilities. We would be like, like one of us would be like Zapdos, Zapdos, but then the other one would be really cool and be like, Kyah! like a burn noise, like some. Well, have you heard noise. the
4: official dub? The official dub Zapdos is.
3: <laughs> yeah, there. See, you would have won. My question is:
1: Did you guys ever do the Game Boy sound effects?
3: No, we because we watched. We all watched uh, the anime, and what we try to do was copy the anime voices. <gasps> so it always it was always hard when meowth came up, mm-hmm. because some people would be like meowth, meowth, and then some people would like talk. She sells seashells by the teach. Oh, yeah, the episode where he was learning English. That's right. That's what he did.
4: I think I can do a pretty good James. I'm not sick. It's like, um, uh, to protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. Oh, that's, that's actually, like, spot on. I am a flaming Moltres.
1: <laughs> wow, dude. It's that's a nice reward.
3: Dude, definitely. Dallas.
1: Okay, we're going to have a Pokemon <laughs> Sound Off competition.
3: Ready. Okay, all
1: right. you give us the Pokemon, Morgan.
3: Absolutely. Jigglypuff. Oh,
1: jeez. Okay. Dallas, you go first.
3: <laughs> jigglypuff!
1: <laughs> Is that no it? No hesitation.
3: <laughs> it just went all out. All right, Let me, right. me know when it's
4: my turn. Okay.
3: G- <laughs> no, yeah, go. You gotta do jigglypuff. it. Jigglypuff. <laughs> jigglypuff.
4: I'm done. Dude, that
3: was perfect. Spot on. Sean, do you have
4: anything? <clears throat> Let's see if I can do this.
3: Wow. Okay, well, all right. You beat us. Oh my gosh.
1: All right. Martin, that, gave me, that gave me
3: chills, man. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I gotta do
5: it. All right. <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah. She wins that round. That was great. all right. I didn't
3: even know I could do that.
1: Dallas, that was you awesome. Dallas, you get to pick the next Pokemon. Pikachu.
2: All right. Oh come
4: on! Do one, the guys. Do can you. All right, I'll start. Can do it. I believe <clears throat> in both of you. All right, all right. I know my Pikachu voice. I know my Pikachu
5: voice. A
3: uh, You got red in the face there. It was a good one. That's good my job, Pikachu. Connor. Alright. Alright, my turn. Yeah.
5: (laughs) A (laughs) Pikachu.
1: The the best part is there are people downstairs. I know who are playing music and trying to practice stuff, and they're gonna hear. That's a pretty good Pikachu, though. Okay. (laughs)
4: Wasn't. Is it my turn? Yeah, go for it. Alright, If you get if you get this if you get why I'm doing this then you are the best. (laughs)
2: I'm the trash man! It's my character! <laughs> I'm the trash man! I come out, I throw trash all over! All over the ring! Damn and then indeed. I start eating garbage! That
3: was That's perfect. actually really good. That was the perfect Detective Pikachu. I loved it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Alex Hirsch is writing it, dude, so we don't yeah, know. Alec- Maybe Alex he will Hirsch, get him.
3: I would, I would die. That's my one dream, is to get Danny DeVito to voice Detective Pikachu. <laughs>
1: that was actually the best way you could've gone. that. That was that. amazing. Alright, Dallas.
3: <laughs> Can you You're beat the IQ, trash man? Dallas
1: all <laughs> <laughs> also the same.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, uh, Sean, you
1: get to pick the next Pokémon.
4: I'm going to pick one that everyone's going to have fun with. Okay. Kricketune.
3: Oh, my favorite.
4: I don't know what that thing is. Okay, like.
3: cuz neither of these guys have played past like the
1: I passed I haven't played past 3rd gen.
3: But okay, yeah, Croagunk. He has the best cry in like the whole game. He's like, "No, no, 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 no." Like that. Okay. Yeah, that was the perfect, no one could beat it. That was right up. That was what it was.
2: Yeah, you guys win.
3: Dallas, yeah, you got one? Just...
2: Uh, I, was, I, was, I was YouTubing it to see what it sounded like. <laughs>
1: okay. um, I, I haven't heard it, so I don't know if I can actually. Is that it? Did
3: I do it? Yes. Yes, you did it. It was perfect.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, next, Pokemon.
3: All right, Connor, what you got for me? I got it. All right. Genghis, <clears throat> Khan! <laughs> All I'm thinking is the episode where it's like the little boy, and mm-hmm. he's like, Genghis, Genghis, Genghis
1: I think that's where I got it from. I think I was actually doing the
4: boy doing the impression of Genghis Khan. In order to properly get in the role, I need someone to point a gun to my face.
3: That's right, okay.
4: Genghis Khan! Genggah! That's actually no, really good. That's
3: straight up, like, right out of the anime. All right, so Morgan, your turn. All right. Let me think. Uh, the. Uh, Technically best Pokemon. Technically, there's the baby
1: P- King is Kong, but There's too.
3: Uh, also Geodude. Ooh! Is the best. You're you're the boys, so Geodude is the manliest. The manliest Pokemon. Oh, okay. He's got dude right in his name, so go for it. Geodude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me try that again. Here, <laughs>
2: Geodude, Geodude, Geodude. <laughs> that
3: wasn't bad, actually.
0: Hit,
4: go. go ahead, you go. Morgan, you go. Oh, me?
3: I yeah. can't do Geodude. Do it. He's like,
5: Geodude,
4: yeah. Geodude. This is one of those things where I need to have access to my lower throat, because like, it's it's the same thing I did for Deku Tree, where I have to push it down into my throat. So yeah. like if I had the ground I'd be like, Geodude. Dude, but it, it's weak without the. I want one. I want everyone to do their favorite quote from Pokemon Puzzle League. Like, when you pick, when you have to face the gym leader and they have, like, their quotes. If, like I, always, if I knew anything about Dude, Pokemon Puzzle League. I haven't
3: actually played Pokemon Puzzle League. Okay. Is terrible. that the one
4: on the DS? No, it's on Nintendo 64. But, like, my favorite two are Sabrina, when she goes, play with me. And, <laughs> my, my absolute favorite is Blaine, because when you pick yours, he goes, red hot and ready. <laughs> Dude, I need to play Pokemon League. I feel terrible. Uh, How about
1: we all do our favorite quotes from like a Pokemon episode or anything Pokemon related? Like, Puzzle League is one instance.
4: I got mine. This is Professor Oak explaining why someone won a battle. Um, And it's no small wonder that Heracross is so powerful after sucking
2: sap from trees for so long. Wow. Okay, I feel (laughs) embarrassed now. That was straight up great,
3: Professor Oak. Holy crap! Oh, jeez. (laughs)
2: <laughs> my my favorite um, is at the end of, is it Pokemon, no not Pokemon, is it Pokemon 2000 where Mewtwo is just like taking over, oh it'd what am first, I thinking of? You're thinking of the first movie. movie. Yeah, the first movie, okay, when they all are like, all the clones are fighting with the real <laughs> ones, and uh-huh. then they all of a sudden they realize, why are we doing this? And then Meowth is talking to his his clone, he's just like, uh-huh. and they start hugging and they love each other. Yeah,
3: he's, he's spitting straight wisdom.
2: He wit wisdom right at him and that was probably one of my favorite moments. Yeah, he's like, where he's like, maybe if we focused on all the things that were the
4: same instead of things that were different, well, maybe the world would be a better place. Oh my god. Yes!
1: Dude, you're too good. <laughs> that,
4: was,
3: that was amazing. There's a
1: reason you're number 30 on BehindTheVoiceActors.com.
4: That's right, because there's 29 people better than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm not the top, baby. Um. With my S Cargoon.
3: That was, that was a great S Do you have one, Morgan? Oh, gee, I love Pokemon so much. Um, I know my mom one has of the, one. one of the, yeah, moms, our mom always quotes this. Uh, it's from the first episode with Ash's mom, where she's, like, uh, sending him off on his journey. And she's like, don't forget to change your underwear every day. And she says that to us all the time. She said that to us like, for years. Years later, like, she hates Pokemon. <laughs> but she would quote that to us all the time. And I don't know people, how she, like, remembered that.
4: People are like, which character would you want to voice if you were brought on for Pokemon? And I'm legit, like, I would want to be that computer voice that goes,
3: Ring, 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 poke, phone Oh, my gosh. I love that
4: computer, man! However, oh, if you if you dudes want to hear me do Pokémon noises, um, have you- you're familiar with Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of a mod called Pixelmon that, like, puts Pokémon in Minecraft? I have, Minecraft? actually. Okay. <laughs> they just updated a shit ton of their models, and my fiancé and I provide different voices for a lot of the Pokémon. So, for example, Here's a, I'll, if you want the full list, like I can send the full list to you, but here's like a quick rundown of like all the different voices that I have provided voices for. Let's see, Abra, Alakazam, Arbok, Arcanine, uh, Bulbasaur, S- Charmander, Charmeleon, Clefable, Clefairy, Entei, but Entei is a joke because I just recorded, I'm Dan Green, like three days <laughs> That's perfect. Um, I love Dan extra- you
3: Can you say, can you say, I am
1: Papa for me from the movie? I
3: <laughs> Papa. <laughs> That wait, was
1: wait, was wait, wait. what was that one line that we used to always laugh at that Knuckles did, that Dan Green did?
4: Um, I'll, I'll think of it later. Keep going. Say, yeah. I don't know so like, Farfetch'd, Furret, Gardevoir, uh, did I do Furret? No. farfetch Gardevoir, the male like, Gardevoir, Goomy, they... uh, Sligu, Grimer, Growlithe, Hitmonchan, Hypno, Ivysaur, Kadabra, Coughing Lampen, Litwit, Loudred, Magikarp, Magnemite, Lunatone, mm. Feral, Metapod, Melodic, Muck, Murkrow, uh, Nidoking, Nidoran male, not female. Sorry, I can't go that high. Uh, Oddish, Paris, Persian. Uh, Pidgeotto.
3: Pidgeotto! I like him. Oh, they have a straight-up perfect. Pidgeotto.
4: Anyway, Psyduck. Uh, Raichu. Relicanth. Relicanth is one of my favorites. I don't know how I got my voice to go that low. Suthine. Uh, Snubble, Solrock, Squirtle. Squirtle, Squirtle, Squirtle! Teddy Ursa. That was the fiance. She has a great Togepi, Totodile, which is just the same as Donald Duck from Kingdom Hearts. It is. Uh, Trapinch, Trapinch, Venomoth, Venonat, uh, Wizmer, and Zorua. Dang,
3: dude, you're on that's fire, awesome. dude.
4: You are We're a Pokemon. I'm a gaming
3: Moltres! <laughs> can you do? Can you do? Uh, Brock talking about a jelly donut.
4: Wow, this is an awesome jelly donut. <laughs> It's not a frying pan. It's a drying pan.
3: Oh, that's another good one. Oh, a classic. I can't
4: think of any lines now. Classic. (gasps) It's fine. I should probably wrap this up because I'm starting to wear this down. Yeah, we feel
3: you.
1: All right. So we're going to finish up here. Thanks, guys, for listening. Dallas, how about you close this out? You've been
2: kind of quiet. Thank you for listening to the Constant Companion Podcast. I am Dallas. We have Connor here. We have Morgan, and we have Sean. Thank you all for listening, and we appreciate... Your love, support. Remember, um, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow Sean as well. What's your What's your username on 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 social media?
4: Damn it, Dallas! You were smiling through the whole thing again.
2: You need to stop. Sorry.
4: <laughs> you can follow me on Tumblr or Twitter via the same username at Sonic Mega, like Sonic and Mega Man, because I'm totally unoriginal. Um, <laughs> or you can follow me on Facebook uh, via Sean S E A N. Chip Lock, C-H-I-P-L-O-C-K. Just remember, when you want to protect your Pringles, look for Sean Chiplock.
2: <laughs> wow. Awesome. Well, thank good you time. so much and have a good night. Thanks for letting me tag along.
0: You and me together. Together. Constant companions forever. Forever. Talking about things like weather or not. Oh, not take some time out of your week your week. listen and then you will see Oh you'll see how much you enjoy our show or not or not You're about to experience constant, constant. companion.